All right. So the next topic is we're out. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, so the, the, US, next... the USL uh, survey sent out by Jeff Reuter might be a pretty good interest point. That do uh, that is one. Do you want to do you want to uh, take the the baton for, uh, to explain that? While I Ab- get to th- absolutely, I get absolutely. So, uh, Jeff Reuter in one of his more recent articles uh, put out a survey as to what should really be of importance uh, towards the USL. Now, some of the topics that included was a collective bargaining agreement as we just finished talking about mm-hmm. uh video game licensing was another topic that was uh, uh talked about too in, in the in the survey and having the players taken care of and etc cetera, etc cetera. I, I think wanted... and I think also one of the uh, issues that was on there was if USL should create a women's league as well and also talk and another sub point to that is uh, trying to keep its division to uh, license under the USSF mm-hmm. and re- relegation promotion was an, another topic of conversation in that survey as well, too. I can uh, tell. I, right, yeah, <laughs> just, just, just throw it out. Just throw it out, Jacob. No. That ruins everything about what this league's supposed to be. It's pretty simple, especially especially when you got have MLS two teams in a division one. That is why. That's basically what I'm trying to say. Hey, if you As can, they, they they can move up. That's what it is. It's more about players moving up to the MLS than it is about teams trying to move up to the MLS. But of course, it would be all. Because USL, it, they, MLS would never agree to, to it considering they have the but, right amount of teams and everybody pays so much money to go to the, that. But the pro-rel so thing the, was yeah, between... Pro-rel, pro between... yeah, for USL. I yes. still don't... I, I, it's kind of the same deal with those MLS 2 teams. Unless you want to put all the MLS 2 teams to League 1, but I think those MLS clubs would not try to go for it, though. I think I think that's what, that's what they were trying to do. That was one. Of, uh, also, one of the things that that was mentioned, you know, that uh, USL would be trying to convince uh, MLS two teams to move to uh, USL League One, uh, and I and I I do agree with that. But you know, I know there. I mean, you saw it just recently with Real Monarchs, technically an MLS two team. They won the USL championship. So if exactly. they can, so if they deserve to be, if it, and if, before if, that, the New York Red Bulls too. Uh huh. What did they use Mike LaBelle in 2016 as well? Jesus, <laughs> I'm still salty about that, and I'm glad I'm glad that he didn't play last week against Kembo Kibato because that was extremely stupid by USL to allow a pro gamer and EMLS player <laughs> to play in yes. in this in, in this kind of tournament tournament. And guess what? Kembo Kibato almost beat you, so you're not as good as you think. Or to be fair, I'm actually going to say Kembo Kibato should be or is really good at playing FIFA. Yeah, so, exactly. Same thing with, well, no, I'm just not a good player. Never mind. I was going to say that Chuy Enriquez is good, but I'm just not a good player. It's mi hijo. <laughs> I beat him all the time in, in FIFA. Exactly. I beat him all the time in FIFA. So, and I, 
you're probably gonna see that you're probably gonna see or hear this somewhere, Chewy. Where's my rematch, bro? Where's my rematch? Uh, yeah, and well, so if we when we do have Coronado, speaking about this real quick, when we do have Coronado on, I think the interview should just be over FIFA and like all of us just play against him or like also invite like uh Castellano on too, and it would be like me and you versus Robert Castellano and Coronado. And we just have that type of interview. I don't think anything would really be said, but it would be great content. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, going back and another thing that was mentioned in that survey, because I believe it's being thrown around as well, is they're trying to convince CONCACAF or trying to push for some sort of ticket for the USL championship to earn a ticket to make to represent the U.S. in the uh, in the Concacaf Champions League, yep. which I disagree mostly because everybody else, every other league in the uh, in the Concacaf Champions League, a, it it's the first division that earns the the tickets to yeah. make it to make it to to the to the inter or not the, I was going to say intercontinental, but the confederation, the confederation tournament in the yeah, K- exactly. And, and also, well, sorry. the there's several full points that the USL can make uh, off of that. You know, um, you know, if they do end up like establishing a lot of um, a, a lot of the guidelines to say, you know what, the USSF can really say that, we're a division two, but if you look at all of our structuring, we look more like uh, we're trying to be like a division really? one structure. Really? When you have a league that has a still has a lot of baseball fields, and uh, well, and, I mean, I mean, so, so they, many, so many outside, okay, parks outside, outside of outside of RGV, outside of San Antonio, which I'm still not sure if, if their if their field is con- is Concacaf uh, accepted with, with its with its dimensions. Uh, which other U.S. Uh, or maybe even Louisville City's new stadium might actually be uh, up to Concacaf specs? But outside of the outside of those stadiums, who else has a team or a stadium that fits the the requirements by Concacaf in the USL league? Yeah, and who, who can sit more than five thousand people? Real Monarchs. How much does their stadium sit? Because it looks a little small to me. A seventy-six hundred. Seventy-six hundred. No, but the th- I'm talking about the, like field dimensions. Because Concacaf, FIFA, they all have certain requirements of how each field must uh, must be uh, measured, right? Mm-hmm. As well as the as well as the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not framework uh, of the you know, of the whole, you know, the training grounds, the, you know, where the, the, the opposing team, you know, might be uh, held, you know, where they can be comfortable and stuff like that. You know, when you've got El Paso, when you've got New Mexico, you got all these teams playing in training fields. I'm just saying from from a league perspective, you know, whether they get it or not, that, that remains. I just don't see any, I just don't see any validity to it. And, if we want to be, and technically, if we want to be strict about it, the USL Championship does have a ticket or, or a way to get a ticket into the CONCACAF Champions League, but you'd have to win the US Open Cup, right? 
which is the same in UEFA, right? Because in UEFA Champions League, it's you you base it off who wins, who is the top certain number of positions in in the first division of each individual tournament, and maybe a couple uh, or maybe one ticket will actually be uh, given if you if you win the 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 local cup, right? Just ba- based off the comments that uh, good old Harry is putting up on the uh, YouTube chat. I, I just had to pop in and ask him that. <laughs> well, I mean, he has—he technically does have have a point in regards USL Championship not actually being a reserve league. I mean, it's not technically—it's not a reserve league, but the MLS two teams are treating it like that. I guess you can yeah. say they're yeah. treating it like that, but technically, in theory, it's not a reserve league. I would hate—I honestly don't like when people call it a reserve league because it isn't. You've got a lot of. You got you got a lot of you know indie teams and even MLS two teams that want to fight for the championship. It's when the teams are treated like a reserve league, like LA two, T two, Tacoma Defiance. That's where I have a problem with, because your goal should be, how can I win this tournament that I'm participating in, not how can I just survive. Yeah, but I mean, look at. The NBA G League, I know I've brought that up a lot of times, but it's true. Yes, of course, a lot more teams are actually, you know, or every team now is basically owned by an NBA team. Mm. But my point being way back in the day, I don't believe the NBA G League was trying to fight for basically being the top dog or basically being tolerated as a division one. No, but that's kind of where I'm going with as in, no, but you see the G league, but you see the G league, uh, no, but you see the G league, uh, annually participate in the international, uh, FIBA cup, which is, uh, held yearly in Europe where you have like, your top three European leagues versus the G League champion, and the the winner of each um, the winner of each semifinal plays for the final, and, and that's something neat because the Vipers got to be a part of that this year when they played all the way in Tenerife, Spain, in the uh, beautiful Canary Islands. Um, they had that opportunity. It was it was something neat to see. Uh, sadly, they weren't. Uh, they weren't. Uh, they weren't the winners, but they did get that nice international feel to them. Uh, yeah. Now, moving. Now, coming back to topic on this uh, Jeff Reuter uh, survey that he published uh, some time back, I probably put the top priority as getting a collective bargaining agreement done. Be making sure these teams do have uh, the stadium plans in place to uh, to be a fully sanctioned Division Two team because or or Division Two league right now because New Mexico United uh, is still playing at a baseball park. Uh, Las Vegas Lights are still playing at a baseball park. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reno, if I'm not mistaken, still playing at a baseball park. I believe so. 
believe so. So you, you've got three teams that are still playing in, in baseball parks. Uh, Tampa Bay Rowdies is another example. But they. But I think Tampa Bay Rowdies, they're, they're converting uh, Outlying Stadium into a soccer, or as close to a soccer-specific stadium as possible. There's not going to, there should not, I don't believe there's going to be any baseball doing. They're just going to be a, uh, making the necessary remodeling of Outlang Stadium to make it a, a soccer stadium. So I don't think that should be a problem. Um, and I kind of forget the, uh, some of these, uh, Na- Nashville, which is scooped up by MLS. So they're out of the question. Uh, Atlanta United too. That was another one that comes to mind. They play at, a baseball stadium from time to time. So that's uh, the way I kind of ranked it in, in order. First, secure your, your collective bargaining agreement. Second, select, uh, save the stadiums, uh, like get them a proper soccer home. Uh, the third priority for me, laugh at me if you want now, video game licensing. Uh, that that makes or breaks the uh, that doesn't make or break the deal for me, but that's like kind of like th- that's like my high, high high roller factor. Number four would be, of course, setting up a women's league with the NWSL, uh, try, trying to gain some sort of affiliation um, with them. But wouldn't wouldn't the NWSL first have to? Independent, become independent from USSF, like they're kind of trying to do. Mm, not necessarily. I mean, you look at the way MLS is, is operating; they're not, uh, they're not necessarily free from USSF. I mean, they're playing under a lot of their guidelines. Be built a lot of uh, soccer stadiums with uh, over twenty plus uh, capacities, mm-hmm. so. There's that fa- uh, factor. I mean, NWSL, yes, it's a a first division league uh, as far as the USSF sees, but for women. So I, I don't see why why not uh, why not try to create a second division for women. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where like I ranked my top four in that order. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, I think for me, the USL first needs to get its head, uh, its act together with its current teams. Try not to lose as many teams to MLS. Try to make sure that you don't lose, you don't have any more uh, Fre- uh, Fresno, uh, Fresno Foxes uh, dilemmas where they have to move to Monterey, California. Um, try to make sure that your current uh, teams can get decent stadiums, you know, established already. Uh, that way we don't we have to stop playing in sandboxes or baseball or, or baseball fields. Sandboxes uh, like in San Antonio. I don't want to say that, but <laughs> yes. Uh, no, no. To be fair, to be fair, Toyota Stadium is de- it's a decent stadium. I like the site. Uh, I like the sight lines uh, that that Toyota Stadium offers. Uh, and that whole sandbox thing that was just a whole transition between summer and winter grass. So you know you can't really. Uh, you can't pull it, pull it, pin it a hundred percent on San on San Antonio I mean, for that. But well, you know, y'all are gonna hate me for this real quick, but I'd rather that place, no matter what, just be called the Sandbox. It's a fun name for a stadium. That is a fun name for a stadium. True, I, <laughs> I mean true. Um, but 
going back so going back into the chat by the way we had to finish uh instagram live because apparently we have a time limit on how we how much we can go live on there so yeah, it's like an anyway. hour yeah uh so harry says Edson, explain Canadian Premier League and MLS Canada teams. Why is CPL granted a spot? Because technically the CPL is Canada's first division. Yeah. The Canadian teams just happened to play under a special special permission at the time. They just happened to play under MLS, which is the U.S.'s uh, uh, representative for uh, the uh, CONCACAF Champions League. So technically, if Toronto wins a... Uh, an MLS Cup like they have, and they go to your CONCACAF Champions League. Technically, yes, they play in Canada, but they're representing the United States because they won the United States uh, First Division. Now, when you have Montreal going in as well, well, they're representing Canada because they won the Cup, right, at that time, the the, the Canadian Cup, right? And then also now with, CF, with, C, with the CPL, technically it's Canada's First Division. That's why they have, they have a... a a uh, ticket into CONCACAF. They are not a second division like the USL Championship uh, is technically under the USSF uh, pyramid. Uh, but, also, but also, if you t if you take a look at it from this perspective, the CONCACAF views the CPL as a first division for Canada. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. So with that being said, I mean, you almost had a Forge FC... Uh, m almost make it to the uh, big time CONCACAF stage mm -hmm. that they fell short to the Central American side Olympia yeah. who has been giant killing MLS teams along the way yeah and, and uh, now Harry also said I would accept a spot in the CONCACAF league the play-in rounds not a straight ticket into CCL but we go back with the same thing it's a second division you know we gotta give priority to the first to the first divisions Right, like just like in everybody and everywhere else. I mean, we already have enough teams as it is in all of Central America, uh, to to successfully fill in the Concacaf the Concacaf rounds. And if you really want to go to CCL, try to win the cup. You know, just because yeah. you're the most important, uh, quote unquote, second division or self proclaimed self proclaimed most important second division league in all of the world. Does not give you a special right to demand a Concacaf uh, Champions League ticket just because of, just because of that. You already technically have it. You have like a half a ticket or something, but you got to win the cup. Yes, it's difficult, but guess what? Because you're going up against first division teams, and if you can't beat a first division team from your home, uh, from from your 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 home cup, what makes you think that you're going to be competitive at an international level against teams like Tigres, against teams like Olimpia, against teams like Alianza or Arabe Unido? I mean, I, I mean, winning the cup isn't impossible because uh, just not too long ago when uh, Cincinnati FC uh, made their magical run to the semifinals. Uh, they were not too far away. No, they from... were. They, they were not, and that's what made the ML, uh, That's what makes the U.S. Open Cup such a magical thing that I wish the Toros would play in. But that doesn't take away from the fact that if you can't technically beat all of the first division teams to win the cup and qualify for CONCACAF Champions League, what makes you think you're going to be super competitive if MLS teams end up, uh, you know, uh? 
have done have done a, rid- a ridiculous performance in uh, in the bad kind of way in Concacaf Champions League. What make what makes you think that a USL Championship won't do the same if not worse? Right, that's what I'm trying to get at. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to you got to win your ticket. You know, on the field because you're given that opportunity, not necessarily on the table just because oh we are important. Well, first of all, you gotta gain. You gotta gain your importance by making making sure you gotta. You gotta I'm not telling you to fill the stadiums, but at least get some sort of relevance relevance at an interna- at a national level uh, within your own markets that you're already establishing. When you've got teams that can't ha- that can't break a thousand or two maybe two thousand or three thousand uh, attendance uh, week in and week out, you know, you got a problem there. Yeah, yeah, and. I mean, you do bring up a good point, but also to be fair, you're talking about MLS teams not necessarily doing too well in the CONCACAF uh, Champions League. Well, I mean, it's it also can simmer down to this, as in it starts up in February or just about February. So, so does hmm, the USL. They haven't. I mean, so they. But so does the USL. So they'd go in. They'd go in and the same in in the same uh, situation as MLS teams currently do. And, but you're also technically, yeah. you know, of less of less quality because you're in second d- division, you know, based on based based on uh, on the pyramid. My point was the season hadn't started yet. The regular season for either MLS or USL hasn't started yet. And then, of course, you're talking about who they're playing against the rest of the seasons around the CONCACAF. Guess what? They've already started. If not, they have two seasons, which is really still strange, in my opinion, that there's places that only have two seasons and then they don't have any play, uh, playoffs. So it's it's strange. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Liga MX. But yeah, point being, that's kind of the reason why you see MLS teams not necessarily do too well, because they haven't necessarily gotten off the ground yet and practiced that much. But yeah, that I mean, it would yeah, it would still be the same deal. I'm not saying that USL would do any better because they probably would do worse because it mm. is still USL, unless of course you bring in superstar players, which is sometimes what they do. But you got to pay them, and if exactly. The US, and but you if the, pay and them if the USL, amount. and if the USL right now uh, is struggling with what they have, mm-hmm. you know, as far as salaries, what makes you think that they're going that they're going to? I mean, outside of Phoenix Rising. Who have brought in Didier Drogba, but that's because he was part owner. Uh, who have brought in Solomon Asante, and uh, I think a Spaniard. What's that Spaniard's name, Ray? Uh, that's in uh, that's in Phoenix Rising. I think he's a, he's a striker, I believe. Santi Moore. Mo, uh, yeah, because he yeah because he moved to uh, he transferred to New Mexico, right? Santi Moore. Yeah. But I think Santi there was Moore. Uh, uh, I think there was somebody else. Baquero, I think his name was his last name was Baquero with a B. Mm. Uh, but you know they have. I guess you could say they have the money to bring in those kind of those kind of players uh, to the USL, but other teams don't. I think yeah. maybe maybe if they were to get a Concacaf uh, ticket, I think they'd kind of do a decent job. You know, uh, uh, Phoenix Rising would be. Uh, mm. but, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, you got to show it. If you can't beat the MLS teams to get to the t- to that ticket. What makes you think you're going to be competitive? And that's that's my final yeah. take uh, uh, on that specific subject. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Final thoughts on that? Uh, final thoughts is, yeah, you're pretty much correct on that whole thing because, I mean, 
yeah, I mean, it's it's true. What makes you think you're going to be competitive in a league where everybody was competitive in, you know, their cup and yeah, it's it's, it's weird. Um. Well, I mean, it's just something that. Uh. I, I mean, first, I would like to see the end results of this poll to see if and when Jeff Reuter will release the uh, correct. Uh, to see how everything stands, but I, I'm not changing my order uh, as far as uh, the stability of the league is concerned. I mean, the, I mean, I'll, I'm just going to keep with those four points. I mean, yes, you're going to end up losing franchises left and right, but I think Fresno was just a a poorly planned uh, thing that could not uh, work out at the end. So, oh, so just real quick, uh, looks like Juan Chavez, I wonder who that is, uh, and Rio RGV defeat Greenville Triumph SCS Poland in the week four quarterfinals in a 3-1 win of the USL E-Cup. I wonder who Juan Chavez is. I don't think he's a player, so he's probably member a member of the staff. Uh, so congratulations. Uh, I'm, probably, I'm probably thinking he is a player of, of Greenbelt Triumph. <laughs> I mean, I, I would not be surprised. No, 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 because it says that Juan Chavez, Andrea Grande Valley FC, defeat Greenbelt Triumph SC. So oh, Juan wow. Chavez is playing as RGV. Oh, but Lord. anyways, depending, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he's a player or if he is part of the staff or just a fan. Huge congratulations out to him in his first uh, in his first uh, experience playing for the uh, representing the Toros uh, in the USL E Cup. Congratulations on your win! I believe tomorrow they're going to be playing in the semifinal. Uh, I haven't I haven't checked who if there if the rival has been set yet uh, for uh, that. It's between the winner of of Austin Bold and FC Tucson. Let's go FC Tucson. Wow. I don't care. Oh, against Austin Bold. Okay, okay. Yeah, against Austin Bold. Yeah, okay, exactly. okay, okay. I thought, I thought exactly. you meant against, against the Toros. I'm like, what? No, no. What? Austin Bold. No, we want Austin Bold to. Although I could see the reason destroyed. why you would root for Austin Bold, Jacob. I could see you it. Know. Yes. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, no, no joke. Of course, we're just gonna be we're just gonna be hammering on you for that, that background. <laughs> so just expect that. Um, but okay, so final so final topic of the of the night because it's already gonna be uh, eight thirty in a couple of minutes and in fifteen minutes. All right, so the 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 Toros did release a survey that was sent out to fans on their mailing list, and basically what it was what that survey was is if the. Uh, if the if the USL's championship season were to return for 2020, what kind of steps would you like to see the HB Park and the Toros implement to make sure that that uh, fan and players and anybody that attends their health and safety concerns are uh, are are actually met? Uh, so, for example, you know. Requiring employees to wear face masks, basically PPE, uh, and all these and all these kind of things. Uh, I uh, so I don't know. I know Ray, you received it. I re- I ended up receiving it, uh, which then you also forwarded to me, Jacob. I don't know if you received it. Oh, yeah. Well, either way, 
what what would I like to see in general is basically, well, so it's pretty cool. Racing, of course, has gotten back on track, even at local tracks. And what some local tracks are trying to do is they're implementing, just like restaurants are, the six feet rule. And what that means is basically, let's say you have a family of four or a family of however much you, you have. They each get, you know, one row, row. And if you have to split, say, two, three chairs, or th- if it's just a bench, then three basically chair lengths of a br- bench mm-hmm. off, and then you have, like, the next four, however many. Like, yeah, the six-feet rule would be cool. Of course, you got vendors most likely there trying to sell things to fans. Yeah, they would wear masks and gloves and, of course, make sure that everything is clean. And if, every, you know, when things are done, you get out the cleaning staff and they have to be extra thorough. Now that might mean extra, uh, not, not extra people, but just extra hours for them to stay there and try and clean up to make it as best as possible to make your health and safety better. But if you still have to basically have no fans, then so be it. But that's also what colleges are thinking of doing for college football season. As that's a big thing. If they don't have college football, guess what? You're, most likely going to lose four billion dollars if you're a top school which would technically be texas texas a&m texas tech all those but that's besides the point yeah i'd like to see you know things like that if you can get some fans in there maybe a six feet roll or that would basically make your stadium go half capacity mm-hmm. and you, yeah it's better than nothing I mean, I know they did that uh back with uh back in 09 or something like that in league mx I believe it was with swine flu or H1N1. I don't remember exactly which one it was, uh, but they did something similar where, where stadiums were like at half capacity uh, in order to maintain some sort of social distancing. Yeah. Now, the reason I bring up this art or not article, but the reason I bring up the survey is do you all believe that this, they're trying to test the waters to see if they can decide to, if the league decides to yeah. uh, bring back the, the USL Um with 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 uh with fan attendance i think that's definitely probably something that they would be thinking of because well they really just had one game under their belt it's not like the mls that had about what three so yeah i think it's somewhat two 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 or three yeah exactly so it's yeah just trying to test the water seeing if they can maybe get something like that especially for revenue because you think about it guess what you have um well, yeah, you have fans. It's going to make the concession stand lines super long because you're going to have that six foot rule once again. But hey, it's better than nothing. Ray, um, I wouldn't mind seeing this. Having the stadium at twenty five percent capacity with all the safety measures in place. That's just my gut feeling on it. That's uh, kind of a little bit what I responded to. Mm-hmm. So I went with the twenty five percent capacity. I think if you, uh, I would go if it was a limited capacity. I would make the trip down uh, to a Toros game. But here's the thing: I think I think we should crawl before we walk. I think we should start with. A couple of weeks of zero fans, yeah. just to make sure, just to make sure that that 
players and coaching staff throughout these, you know, uh, trans throughout their transport from one city to the next, uh, that they don't get they don't get infected before we start bringing in uh, other people into in, into the stadiums. Now, there's also talk about you know making hubs where like one stadium would uh, host maybe like four people or four teams. Uh, or a certain number of teams, you know, to play only in that in that certain market, um, which would be interesting. I would like to see that, but it does bring some it's kind of some questions. I mean, we all know that HB Park can host it. They've done Concacaf, they've mm -hmm. done Concacaf Champions League, they've done Concacaf Women's Olympic qualifiers. But we're just way too far away from everybody else. That's what I was thinking re recently. The only the only drawback because well, because... That, that's kind that's kind of a good thing that that okay maybe because our infection rates aren't as high as in other parts of the countries they could see us as a as the possibility and then b uh the hotel's uh proximity to the stadium it it's yes it might it it it's quite a distance well not quite the distance but it is like far away enough to where there's like uh no self uh, contamination uh, mm -hmm. uh knock on wood but there, but there is, there is that uh, possibility where RGV can potentially la uh, land one of those uh, hubs. Ho hopefully, I mean we have we have the facilities to host. We have multiple st uh, we have multiple fields that they can practice that they can play in. I mean we've we have you know at, at HB Park we've handled you know, multiple, uh, multiple teams playing multiple games, you know, whether it was and, a double, and whether the it's stadium a has held and the, and the stadium has held, uh, multiple double headers. I mean, you've had the women's exactly. world cup qualifying the Olympic qualifying. We've had a CONCACAF champions league. And remember last year, Edson, we got to see your team from Mexico. Tigres is not less. And then, uh, real the monarchs, uh, real monarchs, uh, Toros. Exactly. I mean, we. I mean, it, 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 we we can do we can do it. We are capable of hosting such a thing. The question is, does does USL see 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 it the same way? Um, which would be interesting. And are teams willing to come over here? That's that's another thing, which I don't think it should be an issue. I mean, the like I said, the facilities are are are, are big. They'll be able to accommodate it because we've got not only do we have the stadium. We've got the training facilities. You've got the Idea Toros uh, field as well, where they can be playing in, playing in as well, or practicing over there. So we have that. We have that. In, all of that in our favor uh, uh, over the other um, any other USL team. Um, now, where I was trying, also trying to go going with it is okay. So let's decide. And we were t we talked about this, or we you brought it up yesterday or the day before, Ray. And I told you, let's go ahead and leave the discussion for today. Um, let's say the tour or the USL decides to grant HEB Park the hub uh, for multiple teams. Okay. Right. And you brought up the question about media. What should what should we do about the media? Would would we allow? Uh, would you allow the media uh, members to go in person uh, to the uh, to to the stadium? You know, uh, I was. I was reading an article by uh, one of the Washington Post writers. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to say it was Goff was the, was the gentleman's last name. Yeah. 
he was stating that in Germany they were allow allowing the media to enter the stadium. So I would say yes. But of course, I don't make that final decision. Uh, I hope I'm not vouching for for anyone to get to get in. But I I I say yes. But I mean, here's the, here's the thing, though. You're gonna have you're you're probably gonna have you know media. It's true, you know. I mean, Germany was a lot more advanced in how how they handled the coronavirus than we have in the United States. But I'm, that's all I'm gonna say because then we're gonna go into politics, and that's not what this podcast is about. No, no, no. Uh, but not. basically, what I'm trying to say is, you know, you're gonna if we do the hub, you're more than likely gonna have media members from San Antonio or me, from other cities in general. Coming in, right? They have their equipment. Are you going to enforce that they have to disinfect their equipment right then and there before uh, going up uh, to to the players, going up to the coaches for post game conferences and, and, and things like that? Where you can do the similar, where you can do almost the same thing on Zoom, where the only equipment that the player or the player or the the coach will be in contact with is a is equipment that is a hundred percent from the, from the team. Right. So that's why I say when you ask me like, well, I'd allow the media, but press conferences, <clears throat> I would prefer like post game press conferences to be done via, via zoom. Um, Oh boy. I mean, I, I would probably still vote. Yes. I mean, just for the sake of voting, uh, yes, as long as we uh, follow the protocols that they uh, give to us, mm -hmm. I, I, I would be inclined to continue to say yes. I mean, don't get me wrong. I want to be back at HEV Park. I want to be back covering, covering the team in person. But if it's going to be a risk for, my, uh, for the players and coaching staff, I'd, I'd, I'd wait it out. I mean, we can still grab the, the information on the, with, uh, via, via Zoom, you know, where the coach uh, would, t we ask the questions to coach, co coach answers the questions and the players as well. Uh, well, well, also with that, you were re respecting the social distancing uh, and not in, also with, with the, uh, w as far as the equipment where they're not exposed. And we as media are not exposed in case for some reason, one of the players or coach is infected, but asymptomatic. Jacob, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, I'd say if it's a hub, no, not really with the media. I would really allow because like you said, it's San Antonio would probably be there. Tampa Bay, if, you know, basically they'd have two hubs. It would be for the West and the East and you'd have, yeah, media from the, all from the West coast, of course, coming over. Yeah. To one stadium, it would who just be a mess. Much, who have much higher risk of uh, of infections exactly. in it's, those it's areas just, than it's, here? It would just be, in general, it would just be a mess, in my opinion. Um, but of course, airfare would be out of their pockets, so they'd probably not want to because just mm -hmm. one little flight. It's not actually that cheaper, considering the way that it's impacted them. They have spiked up the prices again for that, but then. Yeah, no, if it's, like I said, if it's hubs, I would say, yeah, empty stadium as much as possible, maybe only the family at most. Um, and also, yeah. 
and also, which gives a lot more credence to what you mentioned right now, there, the media from all these other places might not actually want to make the trip down to the Rio Grande Valley if it happens. Yeah. So why not make it accessible to them via Zoom to have conferences with their players, with their coaching staff exactly. uh, through the distance? That makes it a lot, a, a lot better. And like I also mentioned, it helps respect that social distancing boundary between players uh, and the media. I mean, that's, that's my take on that. I know yeah. you all probably have uh, a different uh, a different viewpoint as you guys in the chat, Ray, uh, Jacob, which all of all all of us are making valid points. But the mm -hmm. question is, what is the USL going to think? What is the tor What are the Toros going to think? You know, make I, I, I will share this experience. I will share this experience. Uh, right before all this stuff happened, um, with the Vipers, the very last game that they had. Mm -hmm. uh, they had, uh, they kind of had like a little uh, semi-circle where each of us were like six feet apart. So coach would have a podium, so with the player, and we would just fire away our questions from six feet away, six feet apart from each other. Mm -hmm. So that would be something that I, I guess a stadium uh, – media relations would have to kind of like coordinate um, like uh, doing the social distancing uh, from a press conference uh, point of view for post-game uh, interviews. That, that was something that was implemented in the G League right before all of this stuff hit. And then even, even to the posterior where I got the uh, chance to interview uh, Mr. Borrego right after COVID hit, mm -hmm. uh, the same social uh, media, uh, social distancing rules applied. So if that's enforced, I have absolutely no issue at all. Yeah. None. Mm -hmm. Okay. Seems like a very, like I said, very valid, valid point. Um, I would like to see uh, the, Anybody that's watching right now or listening through the podcast, let us know on social media what you guys think. Follow us at, uh, on Twitter at Down in the RGV, as well as on Instagram at Down in the RGV. Uh, we also have Facebook as well, facebook.com slash Down in the RGV. Uh, let us know what you guys think. Uh, what would you What would you like? Would you um, if you ha if you have received the survey via email and you haven't filled it out, go ahead and fill it out. Send it out. You actually do have an opportunity to win, I believe, a jersey. Uh, if you fill it out, you participate in the raffle where you can win a, a, a personalized jersey from the tours for free. You know, so you can get so you can get something really cool out of, out of it if you do participate in in this uh, in this survey. And it also help, helps you know them understand okay, what direction should we go if uh, the season were to actually come back uh, this year. Um, but another thing I did want to say, you know. You look at it. You look at it right now. More a lot closer uh, to our grounds, you know, because you, know, you were talking about Germany. The balls. Well, they have they have no ball boys or girls. But they do have balls, you know, uh, positioned in different locations throughout the field to make sure it's easily accessible and nobody else, you know, make it gets in talk, contact with it. But also with NWSL today, they announced that the challenge, the NWSL Challenge Cup, was going to happen uh, at uh, in Utah. Um, both the uh, uh, Zion Spank Stadium and Rio Tinto Stadium. Um, now, I, as far as I 
can tell there is going to be no media members. There is going to be no fans in that tournament. So if USL actually does go through with that, I think we might see some of that. No fans and no no physical media presence uh, in these hubs. Why I say that? It's a lot more close to the ground. NWSL is technically going to be the first uh, professional uh, sport in the United States that's going to be making a comeback. Uh, so they're going to be they're going to be the example going forward uh, to what works and what doesn't. And if it works, uh, and if their uh, format works, we might see the USL going for, going forward with that. Right now, the whole MLS thing is still a whole lot of confusion, which really speaks volumes about how disorganized MLS is starting to look uh, when it comes with uh, uh, this COVID nineteen pandemic. But I think that's starting uh, to look a little bit like Liga MX in that regard. And the whole disorganization type of part. And to yeah. even think for one second that Liga MX was trying to follow the MLS footsteps. Think about it, folks. Think about how low the Liga MX has sunk. Mm-hmm. But then think about the way MLS, it, after all these nice steps that MLS has taken, now look at wh- what they're doing. They're trying to uh take a step back well everybody's trying to figure this thing out right to be fair i mean we don't know what's going to happen in the future i know yes but but when you go into this whole situation where you're threatening your employees uh for with uh a million dollar fine or, or or termination uh to for giving information out uh to journalists who are trying to make this information who are trying to inform the fans about what's going on in mls you know instead of being transparent kind of being some sort of transparency and we go back to the thing we were talking about uh, a couple of a uh, couple of minutes ago you know and you want to act like that like there's something you know everything has to be hidden and having the audacity to you know say to say that uh, oh, we don't want, pretty much saying, we don't want you all to be informed of what we're doing. I'm like, we want to know because we're fans. We want to know if we're going to have to, uh, if we're going to have to contact our, our, our team representative and say, you know what, give me a refund of, of the season tickets that I, that I, that I bought or something like that. You know, this, uh, this isn't something, this isn't just going to affect MLS. You're talking about the fans, too, and I don't think Don Garber understands that. I think Don Garber has gotten this some sort of superior, super, superiority complex that I think we lost him. I think we lost Don Garber, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, now, I kind of did not hear that, so that makes sense. Yes, they have. They took steps for, They took two steps forward, and they took one step back, as always. So, that's fun. Yeah. But anyway, guys, uh, I think this is a this is a good time to to end tonight's show. Uh, we really appreciate uh, Harry and uh, and my dad Javier Ochoa who participated, and Jake as well who participated here on YouTube. Want to want to thank. I know um, I know the stream is over for Instagram, but I do want to thank. Uh, it's time to burn again. Want to thank Andrew Samuels. I believe Cello was also there watching. Uh, the live stream on Instagram and anybody anybody who who watched this uh, on Instagram, thank you all for your participation. Thank you all for for your support uh, for down in the valley. Uh, if you did miss any part of this of this um, of this episode, we will be I will be uh, posting the audio version uh, probably in two parts to kind of make it uh, easier to to uh, navigate through. 
uh, make a two-parter of this episode. Uh, we'll be uploaded to Spotify, t- uh, TuneIn, uh, SoundCloud, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Obviously, the BGN.FM. Uh, so, so you guys can, can listen to any, anything that you, uh, did forget, uh, or did, did miss. Um, be sure to also follow our social media at down to the RGV on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, check out our website, ditbpodcast.com, uh, uh, as well. And, uh, don't forget to also, we want to thank, uh, our sponsors, the beautiful game network, uh, as well as natural beauty spa for their support of da- the down in the Valley podcast. You guys want to follow Jacob? Um, take it away. Yeah, if you want to follow me, uh, Jake Young four five six on Twitter. That's where I talk more soccer than anything. And Instagram Jake Young ninety nine, and Tip of Texas Sports Network on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Ray, you can also follow him. Uh, you guys can follow me at S O T X Athletics with an X ending at Twitter, uh, Instagram, Ray Silva one or South Texas border sports. Um, same thing on Facebook, uh, South Texas border sports. You guys uh, can follow me there and follow my recently created podcast, which, uh, just dropped earlier this afternoon. So, uh, I, I am there on the podcast. So feel free to, uh, follow that as well. We're, uh, we, we not only talk about soccer, but I opened it up to all the different sports that are either related into Rio Grande Valley or have had uh, some sort of a connection to the Rio Grande Valley. And also, uh, I believe your second podcast, like you mentioned, you had Ron Patel on. So if you guys have not uh, listened to that, be sure to uh, follow him. Um, he'll give you he'll give you the link uh, to that interview. It was a lot of interesting topics that were talked about, not only about RGV, but also like in soccer in general. It was a really good chat. Uh, really uh, commend you for, for that uh, that interview with, with Ron Patel, Ray. Uh, so congratulations on Thank having you. him and, on. And, and one, last, uh, one last one. If I can ever get my audio issue straightened out with my Emil Legault uh, interview that I had a while back, mm-hmm. that might be a podcast here pretty soon, but I got to fix my audio issues. So, yeah. So, guys, thank you so much for your support. Uh, Josh, yes, I'll see you right now in FIFA 20. I'm going to beat you again. I'm starting to get my groove back. Uh, but thank you guys for your support. And if you guys are listening to the audio podcast, uh, check. Uh, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash down in the valley. Make sure to also uh, click on the little bell. That way you always get a notification whenever we upload a video or uh, we go live. Uh, next week we're not we're probably not gonna go live. Um, but usually what we're gonna what I'm gonna try to do now is like we'll have a show with all of us, and then I'll, and then the the next week I'll have like an interview uh, with a player or anybody related to RG, RGVFC. Tutable. Uh, with uh, yes, with it during this pandemic where we don't have uh, a consistent news about about our uh, our favorite club. So. Uh, Thank you guys for your support. We'll see each other uh, next week, and be sure to look, uh, be on the lookout for for the uh, for the audio podcast. Take care. <laughs>